0: Page two hundred and eight, the Order of Mass. O oh Lord, open my lips and my mouth will be my praise. Make haste, O oh God, to deliver me.
1: Make haste to help me, O oh Lord. For ye, the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now and will be forever. Amen. Praise to you, O Christ.
0: Alleluia. Blessed be God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. O come, let us worship
1: Him. O come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise to the Rock of our salvation. Let us come to his presence with thanksgiving, let us make his own
0: Four hundred and forty-three. A joyful shout to the Lord, all oh you lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before His presence with singing. No. bulletin is Psalm 121. comes my help. My help comes from the
1: Lord who made heaven and earth.
0: He will not allow your foot to be moved. He who keeps you will not slumber. Behold, he
1: who keeps Israel shall neither slumber nor sleep.
0: The Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. Yes.
1: The sun shall not strike you by day, nor the
0: Shall preserve you from all evil. He shall preserve your soul.
1: The Lord shall preserve your going up and your coming in from this time forth and even forever. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now and will be forever.
0: Amen. My help comes from the Lord made heaven enter in 405 67 let the peoples praise you o oh god let all the people's praise God, be merciful to us and bless us and cause his face to shine upon us. That your way may be known on earth, your
1: salvation among
0: all nations. Let the peoples praise you, O God, Let all the peoples praise you.
1: Oh, let the nations be glad and sing for joy. For you shall judge the people righteously and govern the nations on earth.
0: Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you.
1: Then the earth shall yield her increase. God our own God shall bless us.
0: God shall bless us, and all the ends of the earth shall fear Him. Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. The responsory following the readings is on page 212. The first reading for the National Day of Thanksgiving is from the second chapter of 1 Timothy. Therefore, I exhort, first of all, that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men, For kings and all who are in authority, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and reverence. For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior, who desires all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. For there is one God and one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself a ransom for all to be testified in due time, for which I was appointed a preacher and an apostle. I am speaking the truth in Christ and not lying, a teacher of the Gentiles in faith and truth. I desire, therefore, that the men pray everywhere, lifting up holy hands without wrath and doubting. Here ends the reading. The second reading is from the 17th chapter of the Gospel of St. Luke. Now it happened, as he went to Jerusalem, that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. Then, as he entered a certain village, there met him ten men who were lepers, who stood afar off. And they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. So when he saw them, he said to them, Go, show yourselves to the priest. And so it was that as they went, they were cleansed. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, returned, and with a loud voice glorified God and fell down on his face at his feet, giving him thanks. And he was a Samaritan. So Jesus answered and said, Were there not ten cleansed? But where are the nine? Were there not any found who returned to give glory to God except this foreigner? And he said to him, Arise, go your way. Your faith has made you well. Here ends the reading. Forever, O Lord. Your word is firmly set in the heavens. For the word of the habitation of your house and the
1: place where your glory fell.
0: Blessed are those who hear the word of God and keep it. habitation of
1: your house
0: the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit. Wherever you are, from your house and the place
1: where your glory dwells.
0: Our sermon text. From 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 18, In everything give thanks, for that is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. This is our text. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. I read an article entitled, Fifteen Things You Should Never Discuss at Thanksgiving Dinner. Number one don't air a personal grudge you have with one of your relatives. All right. I get it. Two, don't tell us what you think of the current president. (laughs) Politics. All right. All right. Fair enough. Three, don't bring up the $500 your brother still owes you. And I quote number four. Thanksgiving Isn't a religious holiday, unlike, say, Christmas or Passover. So religion won't be a subtext of the get-together. That said, any big family dinner isn't an ideal place to discuss religious topics you know your family will find upsetting or controversial. End quote. So maybe you didn't get the word about Thanksgiving being a secular day. I mean, what are you doing here? Sitting in church on a non-religious holiday. Well, I guess I'm not sure how there can be a giving of thanks without God, but okay. And I'm not going to go on through this list of 15 things, but with family, money, politics, and now religion off the table, we're running out of conversational topics. And then when number eight says, don't talk about weight or food, I'm pretty sure we're all going to sit in silence as we stuff our faces with turkey and stuffing, but we don't talk about anything lest we offend someone. So anyway, I began to wonder if there was a list of, let's say,
1: Fifteen things
0: for which you should not give thanks. Hmm. Things you should not give thanks. That ought to be the sermon then. So, my father recently had a few heart attacks. Can you give thanks for that? Well, probably not. Um, And I would think that giving thanks for inflation would probably be off-limits. I mean, it would surely lead to a discussion of money politics and, well, that's a no-no. But, all right, in seriousness, you shouldn't give thanks for your recent spree of adultery or murder or stealing. Yeah, I think we can all agree on that, that uh, we don't give thanks for sin. But before I get ahead of myself, let's work through our list, our list of things for which you should never give thanks. First, you don't give thanks to someone for things that they didn't give you. If your mother gives you a birthday present, you don't give thanks to your friend. Your friend didn't give you the gift. You don't need to give him thanks. I mean, that would be ridiculous. But... For Lutherans who seem to manufacture guilty feelings at about every turn, this realization might, well, free up immense piles of regret. When you learn you don't have to give some thank you notes for gifts that people never gave you. But you see, we do understand, though, don't we, that there is an obligation of some kind of thanksgiving. I mean, it's appropriate When you've received a gift. But the obligation, well, doesn't exist without a received gift. So set your mind at ease. You don't have to give thanks for non-gifts. And don't feel like there's any obligation to give thanks to them. So I began to examine in the Holy Scriptures about this Thanksgiving, the context for Thanksgiving. And I found that the bulk of the teaching is concerned with thanksgiving towards God. Now, although I think theoretically you could give thanks to a person for a received gift from them, but in the Holy Scriptures, the context of thanksgiving seems to be almost exclusively directed toward God. Take St. Paul, for example. Even when St. Paul is speaking about the good things which the Thessalonians were doing, his thanksgiving is not directed to them, but to God for them. 1 Thessalonians 1, 2-4. We give thanks to God always for you, for you all, making mention of you in our prayers, remembering without ceasing your works of faith, your labors of love, Patience of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ in the sight of our God and Father, knowing, beloved brethren, your election by God. So he gives thanks to God for them. What's the reason for this? Well, the scriptures teach us in James chapter 1, verse 17, that every good gift and every perfect gift is from above. It comes down from the Father of lights with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. Thus, if St. Paul is a recipient of gifts from the Thessalonians, well, then these gifts are really from the Heavenly Father, who is using the Thessalonians as his delivery means. So, the Thessalonians' works of faith are really from God. The Thessalonians' labors of love are really from God. The Thessalonians' acts of hope, patient acts of hope, are really from God. And so St. Paul gives thanks to God for them. The Creator is the one who preserves and continues to provide all good things. So, don't misunderstand. The principle's still true. You don't have to give thanks to God for anything which he didn't give you. So, if you didn't receive physical life from God through your parents, then there's no obligation to give him thanks. If you didn't receive food and drink from God through the farmer and the grocery store, there is no need to give him thanks. If you didn't receive peace and protection of the government from God, well, then don't give him thanks. If you have not received healing by means of doctors and medicine from God, you don't have to give him thanks. If you haven't received a spouse or children from God, don't give him thanks. If you haven't received a Christian education from God through his church or by means of the pastors, well, then you don't have to give him thanks. In the small catechism, we can see That Martin Luther understood this obligation when he says, For all this, it is my duty to thank and praise, serve and obey him. All right, that's the first point. Second point. The second thing for which you don't have to give thanks is the harmful things which you receive from God. I mean, if our God is hateful, and if he's mean, and if his needlessly causes you to go through pain and suffering, well, then you don't have to give him thanks. For example, let's take a look at the scriptures of those examples in which God is causing harm. Um, there was... Or how about when... Okay, I really can't find any in the scriptures any times in which God acted that way. In fact, we chanted in today's Psalm, Psalm 100, verse 5, For the Lord is good, his mercy is everlasting, and his truth endures to all generations. All right, so maybe I can't think of any examples that are in the scriptures, but... Uh, Surely we can come up with many examples in our own lives of the bad things that have happened. So, as I mentioned earlier, recently, my dad had a a couple of small heart attacks on Sunday afternoon and Monday morning. I don't need to give thanks for that, because we had to go to the hospital, and that is bad. And as it turns out, the doctors had to do surgery, had to put a stent in, and that stent restored the blood flow to his heart, and that prevented him from having a large heart attack, which would have killed him, and now he's sitting in the pew. So you don't have to give thanks for bad things, well, unless, of course, according to Romans 8.28, God has worked out all things together for good to those who love him, to those who are called according to his purpose. Again, the Principle, at least, stands. Let me reiterate, if things somehow wouldn't work out together for good, then you wouldn't have to give thanks. And finally, you don't have to give thanks for the desire to sin or for sin itself. So, God is not the author of sin. God cannot get the credit for our sin. James 1, 13 and 14 tells us, Let no one say when he is tempted, I am tempted by God. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he himself tempt anyone. But each one is tempted when he is drawn away by his own desires and enticed. So it is the devil and our own sinful nature which are the cause of evil. There may be temptation from the devil and our sinful neighbors, but the reason that we fall into sin, well, that's because our sinful nature is trying to get us to sin and consents to the sin. So when you sin, well, you don't give thanks for your sinfulness because that's your doing. The triune God is not your accomplice in sin. You can't thank him because he's actually trying to turn you away from your sin. You don't give thanks to God for your sin because he's working to free you from your sin. Romans 5, 8-10. through 10. But God demonstrates his own love towards us in this, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Much more than that, having now been justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. For if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of his Son, how much more, having been reconciled, shall we be saved by his life? So while you were sinning, our God was redeeming you through his Son. You see, your God gets all the credit for your salvation. Colossians 1 says, "...He has delivered us from the power of darkness." conveyed us into the kingdom of the Son, of his love, in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins. So, if you determine to leave God's kingdom and eternal life behind, and you decide to return to your sin, well, you can't thank your God for that. So there you have it. On this non-religious holiday, there are three things of which... You should not give thanks. First, you don't give thanks to God for the things he didn't give you. But Psalm 121 says, My help comes from the Lord, who made heaven and earth. The Lord is your keeper, and we know that everything we have is from the triune God. Second, you don't have to give thanks for the harmful things you receive from God. But Psalm 121 says that the Lord preserves you from all evil He shall preserve your soul. And Psalm 67, which we chanted, says that God will be merciful to us and bless us. He'll cause his face to shine upon us. And then we know that our God, well, he is only good and and never does harm. Third, you don't have to give thanks for the desire to sin or for sin itself. Okay, that principle remains. In every other instance, We give thanks. Psalm 100 says, Make a joyful shout to the Lord, all you lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with thanksgiving. Know that the Lord is God. It is he who has made us, and not we ourselves. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. So we pray this day that God would lead us to realize all this and to receive all things with thanksgiving. 1 Thessalonians 5.18 says, In everything, give thanks. For all this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Amen. May the peace of God, which passes all understanding, keep our hearts and minds in faith in Christ Jesus unto life everlasting. The canticle is the Te Deum. We stand.
2: We praise you, O God. We acknowledge
1: you to be the Lord. All the earth now worships you. everlasting? Do you all angels cry aloud? The heavens and all the powers therein, do you cherubim up him and tear up him? and earth are full of the majesty of your glory. The glorious company of the apostles praise you, a goodly fellowship of the A noble army of virtue praise you, the holy church throughout all the world does acknowledge you the father, the father of and his and majesty. your adorable, true, and only Son, also the holy. The you are the King of glory, O Christ. You are the everlasting Son of the Father. When you took upon yourself to deliver. Yourself to be born of a virgin. When you had overcome the darkness of death, you opened the kingdom of heaven to all believers. You sit at the right hand of God in the glory of the Father. Thank
0: The Lord be with you, and with your spirit. Let us pray. Almighty God, Heavenly Father, we praise and magnify thy holy name for all the temporal and spiritual blessings thou hast bestowed upon us at all times. Thou dost cause thy holy word, holy and saving word, to be preached to us in purity and truth, Comforting, admonishing, warning, and reproving us thereby, and fully apprising us how to turn from our evil ways to obtain salvation by faith in thy dear Son, and to walk before thee in righteousness and all holy obedience. Thou makest us to dwell in a goodly land. Thou, O Lord, that thyself carest for us, and thine eyes are continually upon it from the beginning of the year even unto the end. Thou hast ordained for us our beloved government, and dost endow those in authority with wisdom so to rule, that being safely kept under their governance, we may pass our days in quietness and peace. Thou dost vouchsafe to us the priceless boon of liberty, so that without or hindrance we may freely serve thee according to thy word, be quickened in our most holy faith, confess thy name, and spread abroad thy gospel. And in our homes and churches and schools, teach our children the knowledge of the saving truth, bringing them up in the nurture and the admonition of their Lord Jesus Christ. Thou forgivest us richly and daily all our sins, and dost not deal with us according to our iniquities. As high as the heaven is above the earth, so great is thy mercy toward us. We beseech thee, give us truly thankful hearts that we may not forget all thy benefits and thy never-failing mercies. Enable us to realize that thy goodness should lead us and our whole people to repentance and that we are not worthy of the least of all thy mercies and of all thy truth, because we have repaid thy bountiful, thy manifold bounties with all manner of sin and unrighteousness and amply deserved that thou shouldest cause thy loving kindness altogether to cease among us, as thou hast delivered up thine only begotten Son for us all, and with him also freely givest us all things, through him bestowing thine abundant blessing upon our land, its government and its inhabitants, that all men may seek and find thee in this acceptable time and the day of salvation. And do not thou forsake us, but for his sake be gracious unto us forevermore. With the finger of thy Holy Spirit, write in our hearts the perpetual remembrance of thy faithfulness. Open thou our lips that we may praise thy grace and mercy and confess thy name and word. And as thou hast prospered us in earthly goods, make us willing and ready to praise thee by our works, to honor thee, with our substance for the extension of thy kingdom. Let this mind be in us, which was also in Christ Jesus, that we have compassion on our neighbor in his need, even as thou hast had pity on us. Preserve us from vanity and presumption, lest we say our power and the might of our hands have gotten us this wealth, but let us remember thee, the Lord, our God, by whose power and benediction our beloved church our country and our government are preserved, to the end that we may inculcate upon our children and our children's children for a memorial forever that thou hast done great things for us and that we rejoice in thee. Our soul shall bless thee at all times and never forget all thy benefits. Let us walk in thy ways until we shall glorify thee And exalt thy name in the new Jerusalem. Through Jesus Christ, thy dear Son, our Lord. (music) O Lord, our Heavenly Father, almighty, everlasting God, you have safely brought us to the beginning of this day. Defend us in the same with your mighty power and grant that this day we fall into no sin, neither run into any kind of danger. But that all our doings being ordered by your governance may be righteous in your sight. Through Jesus Christ, your Son our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God now and forever. Amen. Let us bless the Lord.